Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony at the Women's Football World Cup, a glorious celebration of music from around the world, all written by women and chosen specially for Cacophony by leading female musicians. In this episode, it's time to explore music from the World Cup favourites, the USA. Will Sage Sherman's choice of pieces take America to musical victory too? The USA is a big hitter in music and in women's football, and the football team are looking to win the World Cup for the third successive time. In this episode, I'm joined by Sage Sherman to hear her pick of pieces by American female composers. As well as representing America, Sage is representing the latest generation of composing talent. She's a past member of the Lunar Composition Lab, set up and run by leading composers Missy Mazzoli and Ellen Reed, and a fellow in the Los Angeles Philharmonic Composer Fellowship Programme. She's already had her works performed by major groups including the LA Phil, members of the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, and the terrific Sandbox Percussion. As we'll hear, her music already has a clear individual and original voice. Sage is also a footballer, playing pro-am in the National UWS League for Los Angeles Soccer Club. She's the perfect choice for cacophony at the Women's World Cup. I began by asking Sage to give us a bit of her story so far. I got into music with the piano. I started playing the piano when I was like four years old. I really wanted to play because I loved it. Also, my brother played and I wanted to be just like him. So I started the piano and I started to take it quite seriously when I was maybe like six or seven. I was doing like competitions and I was playing some concertos. And so piano was my main thing all the way up until I was 11. You were playing playing concertos at six and seven? (laughs) When did I do my first one? I did my first one, I think, when I was eight. Wow. Yeah. I was part of this cool program with the Thousand Oaks Philharmonic, and there was this competition, and then these little kids could play with a professional orchestra. And then when I was 11, my piano teacher actually passed away. And that was really difficult for me. So I didn't really want to play the piano anymore for a good amount of time. And that's when I found composition, just like looking for other musical outlets. I think a lot of pianists noodle around on the piano, making things Mm -hmm. up. But yeah, I just started to do that more seriously. And then I met my composition teacher, Ian Krauss, who is a professor at UCLA. I actually met him at one of these like concerto events which was wild a little reception afterwards so I started doing lessons with him and it worked out great from there I really loved composition so then I just started like mass applying for things I wrote some things I never had any of my work performed but I just submitted MIDI mock-ups of pieces I had written and I did it to a lot of places I was like why not shoot my shot So I got into the LA Phil Composer Fellowship Program, which I've been doing for three years, which has been a great opportunity for me to get my work performed by like actual musicians and to have lessons like once a week and meet other composers and go to concerts. And I was a Luna Composition Lab fellow, which is Missy and Ellen's program. And I got to write a piano trio. Mine was called Enchanted. And it ended up getting performed by members of the LA Chamber Orchestra, which was really cool. It was all a good experience. So now I just graduated high school and I'm going to Harvard and I'm doing the Harvard Berkeley dual degree program. So I'll be studying composition and film scoring at Berkeley and I'm undecided on 
what I'm going to study at Harvard. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Good luck. You're talking about noodling on the piano and the idea of having that freedom to just kind of noodle around. I think a lot of classically trained musicians don't have that freedom, give themselves permission to do that with their own instruments. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I would actually say once I got into composition and started writing for other people, I definitely stopped improvising and just using the piano as much. And recently I've been looking to get back to it. I'm trying to write a solo piano piece this summer. Go back to the origins. Does writing a piece for other people change the way you write? Obviously there's an element maybe of writing for their style in mind, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have a person in mind, but you're writing, say, a piece for violin, does it change the nature of what you're writing? I think you think a lot less about ability and what's going to be difficult or not, which you really should be thinking about, but it is different. It's a lot more removed. And I think you kind of do, at least I've noticed, I do wilder, more experimental things when I'm writing for other people or like rhythmically wacky things and cool concepts that I might not do for myself on the piano. I think one thing about writing for yourself on the piano is you you put your hands down to play. And at least for me, I feel like my fingers go to things I've played before, things I've practiced before, rather than when you write for something like violin or guitar or anything. You just have no experience with it. So you're doing things that you haven't done before. Maybe you haven't heard before. And I think that's really rewarding. I really enjoy it. Cool. You mentioned violin and piano. And I wasn't going to start by talking about the piece that you've chosen by you, but I am now <laughs> okay. because your piece is what makes your heart beat. And it's a piece yeah. for violin and guitar, Yeah, which I don't think I know any other pieces for that combination. <laughs> and it seems it's such a natural combination when you hear it. <laughs> yeah, I think there there are some, but... Not too many. I think it's a great combination of little string instruments. I like the fact that both of them can like do some nice like plucking. I kind of use that in the beginning of my piece. I had a little look on the internet just now to see if I could find famous pieces. Yeah. But the things that come up in the search results are all easy student pieces that you can play on guitar yeah. or you could play them on violin or you could play them on both at the same time. Yeah. But the idea of writing a proper piece, a challenging piece, <laughs> like what makes your heart beat is a world away from that. And it's really good. What was the inspiration? So it was during the heart of COVID I wrote this piece. And I think... I'd been writing a lot of depressing music and it wasn't just me. It was like all my peers, all my friends, everything was like these dissonant, like big (laughs) and intense kind of swelling pieces. And I was just like, all right, I'm done with that. I just need something to lighten the load. And then, yeah, violin and guitar. I don't know. It just seemed like kind of a lighthearted duo, or at least that's what I wanted to make it. And I wanted to make a fun piece and yeah then I just went for it it's kind of short and sweet it's got a little like lullaby-ish pretty section at the end and yeah it was kind of like all the things that 
I wanted to feel during the pandemic, but couldn't because I was just stuck at home. It's really beautiful. It, it has a sort of a sense of urgency and action at the beginning and a lot of rhythmic stuff going on. Yeah. And it becomes more more lyrical. You say about the piece that it really is about what the different emotions you know, behind keeping you going. Yeah. And you answer that question in so many different ways in such a short time. I think that's one of the things that I, I don't know, I felt during the pandemic, like we were lacking. It wasn't just, oh, I want to have a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. It was also like, oh, I want to just be able to sit back and relax, or I want to be able to like love, feel like I love something. And there's a lot of different things that I felt you're kind of missing or I feel make your heartbeat per se. And I try to capture that. Yeah, there's a real sense of love in it at the end, I think. Yeah. It's lovely. So that's your piece. <laughs> uh, and then you've selected four four others. Which one should we talk about first? Maybe, I guess, because we're kind of on the topic of the pandemic, maybe Spiraling. Spiraling is by Jane Shaolan Minahan. Yeah. She's from LA. And this is a piece for two pianists and desk bell. And if you're sitting and you're listening and wondering what a desk bell is, we do literally mean the kind <laughs> that you see on a hotel receptionist's desk where you need to call them <laughs> out the back. and desk bell. I picked this piece because I felt like it told a really clear story. And that's always something that I appreciate in music. It's kind of this race to hit the desk bell and the pianos are playing and then you feel like you're running out of time. The piece is really short, maybe a minute and a half. And it's, oh my God, the desk bell's coming, the desk bell's coming. And at the end, it's just the bell just is getting hit over and over again. And it's kind of a good representation of, I guess, anxiety, something trying to burst out and it just keeps getting quieted by the bell and it just keeps getting cut off. It's a cool piece. It's kind of wild and and scurries around, but I think overall it's really cohesive and I really enjoy it. Let's talk about the Gabriella Smith piece. Yeah, the Gabriella Smith piece is for solo cello. It's called Bear. Bear is part of a project called the Primavera Project. Yeah. And the cellist who commissioned it, Matt Hamovitz, has commissioned 81 pieces for the cello. And it's just an extraordinarily large commissioning project. 81 American composers. (laughs) That was a great instrument. One of my favorites, actually. I think it illustrates really well the vast possibilities of what can be done on the cello because it's like this one instrument's making this plethora of sounds and it feels very large and all-encompassing 
yet somehow still kind of bare and lonely because it's solo. I think the piece is quite beautiful and kind of breathtaking. It captures you in and you're just like in the world of the cellist. I read that Gabriella is a very outdoorsy type. Yeah. Like hiking in the mountains and that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. you really get an, a sort of a sense of the natural world somehow. I think in yeah, piece. I and I don't think that's just because the YouTube video has somebody playing outdoors. <laughs> it's in the music. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. She's also kind of a environmental activist as well. A lot of her music tries to make environmental points about climate change and various issues. I right. love her work as a whole. I wanted to put more pieces by her, but then I was like, Oh, I could only have one. Let's turn to Prism by Ellen Reed. Prism itself is, is an opera. It's a three-act long opera. And it's about sexual assault. And they started writing the piece before the Me Too movement really came about. But it ended up coming out after that. And it's a really powerful opera as a whole. The movement or song I picked from it is called Lost in Blue. And it's kind of immersive really big sounds and things are just coming in and out and swelling and there's just like a constant kind of tension and release but at the same time it's it's really beautiful you're kind of in a dream world and there's the singers and there's electronics too It's a really cool piece. It's called Lost in Blue. I think you really can like feel the like, color mm. all around you. It feels very, it's very saturated. It's a full sound that's, yeah, all encompassing and really beautiful. Yeah, it feels almost ecstatic somehow. Yeah, yeah. Your final choice for now is Starbursts by Jesse Montgomery. Yeah, so Starburst is a piece for string orchestra. I really picked it because this is the most World Cup-y of the choices. I was like, all right, I got to get one piece in here that's kind of fanfare and like, woo, something that you could be like, go USA.
so that's Starburst. It's really fun. It's very rhythmically driving, and there's so much fun in our play, and never a dull moment, and you can really feel different bursts of color. There are, I guess, like little pauses to the driving, but when it pauses or waits for a second, all of those moments are just what makes the exciting parts even more exciting and even more big and bursty and world cuppy, in my opinion. <laughs> An excellent world cup choice. She says, I wrote this down, that a starburst is the rapid formation of large numbers of new stars in a galaxy at a rate high enough to alter the structure of the galaxy itself significantly. Wow. Here I was thinking of the candy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's full of energy and excitement. Um, you're excited for the World Cup because you're a footballer. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. I'm really hyped. America must be favorites, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. America is always, especially for like women's soccer. Yeah. They're not favorites in the men's game. At all. <laughs> no, that's a different story. But the women's game is, there's this YouTube video of the roster being announced and they got like Taylor Swift and famous people announcing each of the players. Even Joe Biden was up there saying how excited he was for the World Cup. So I really like your choices. And I love the fact that, that all of the composers are still alive. <laughs> yeah. So we've got loads of fresh and new and exciting music from America to listen to. Yes. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That was Sage Sherman, a musical voice to listen out for, introducing her pick of pieces for Cacophony's Not the Women's World Cup of Classical Music. Click on the playlist link in the show notes to hear the complete pieces, and then tell us what you think. Has Sage picked a handful of winners? Leave us a simple voice message, or a comment via the links at cacophonyonline.com. Who do you know who'd enjoy this episode and this feast of vibrant new music from living composers? Please tell them and share it directly with them. You'll find suggestions for other things you can do to support Cacophony and female composers in the show notes, whether that's by sharing, reviewing, or making a small or large donation. You could even sponsor a country. Everything is gratefully received. Come back for more next time, and thanks for listening. <laughs>